I actually think that if candidates are moving around faster, right, talent's moving around faster, companies are going to churn their employees faster. Why would a company say, you know what, I want to pay 20, 25% of the salary to an employee that's only going to last a year to, to a year and a half? Welcome to Transform It Forward, the podcast that gives you an inside look into the before and after of some of the most effective transformation processes. I'm your host, Paul French, CMO of Axway. Arguably, a company's most important asset is its people. And in today's changing landscape, finding the right people has never been more important. Right now, U.S. businesses spend billions of dollars in cost and productivity each year to find the right hires. And with the pandemic slowly coming to an end, businesses need to find new ways to reach potential hires that are more cost-efficient, cost-effective, and fit unique cultures. Enter Evan Sohn, Chairman and CEO of Recruiter.com. They have an interesting point of view on advancing digital transformation and hiring by utilizing video earlier in the process to create a more human and cost-effective approach. I'm excited to chat with Evan today about how he's transforming the hiring process, what that looks like for U.S.-based corporations, and the predictions for the future of HR and recruitment. Evan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you all for having me. So you're known for being an entrepreneur, an expert on CNBC and the leading indicators of the job market, a philanthropist, the founder of the of the famous Zone Conference. How did you get involved with Recruiter.com? So I've been in what I would call disruptive technologies, uh, really my entire career. Started my uh, first company uh, right out of NYU in mobile computing. So very, very early stage mobile. I know you had... Uh, one of the people back from uh, Research in Motion, BlackBerry, I remember their business plan. So I was one of their original, <laughs> really, seriously, 90s. I did one of their first uh, mobile systems for email a long, long time ago. Grew that company over a decade and uh, got acquired by uh, one of the Dun & Bradstreet companies. And have really since then been involved in a number of uh, companies, acquisitions, spinouts, roll-ups, et cetera. Uh, most recently, I was in the payment space for about a decade. And uh, really, you've been uh, blessed to have some very good successes, uh, really in disruptive technology. So in the payment space, it was, you know, smart terminals. In my own company, it was mobile computing. Uh, I've done security. Uh, I've been in a number of different industries. And uh, in parallel, and you mentioned the, uh, the foundation, in parallel, I had a brother who died in uh, 1993, who was a Wall Street trader. And uh, his manager, friends, and my family, we started the uh, a conference in his memory uh, that's really become a global phenomenon. We do uh, 11 conferences around the world, 11 cities, 10 countries, five continents. Uh, pretty incredible. Uh, and we've raised over $90 million for pediatric cancer. It's a hedge fund conference. So uh, it's really a best idea conference uh, in hedge funds. We actually did it. We're doing it now for over 25 years. We created that 15 minute shot clock but some uh, incredible uh, financial calls have really been made at this conference, uh, the decimation of Lehman Brothers, Herbalife. So I've always had my hands in both the technology side as well as the financial side. And about two years ago, I want to get involved with a, really a small cap uh, public company and to uh, help that company really achieve its uh, potential, capitalizing on my experience in disruptive technologies, you know, as well as uh, on the financial side. And I was brought into what's now Recruiter.com by one of its uh, primary shareholders. And uh, like you, when you see a company called Recruiter.com, you know, it's got to be worth $400, $500 million. And if it's not, then, hey, let's go figure out how to unlock that potential. And now two years later, we've done a number of acquisitions. Uh, we've grown incredibly well over the last year, 
uh, survived and thrived in the pandemic. And I became the CEO this past June. That's fascinating. So $130 billion market that you're dealing with, you couldn't find anything bigger? What's interesting about disruptive technologies uh, is, you know, you're basically moving jelly beans. So I've done both what I used to call the trifecta, new market, new company, new product, or the disruptive. And it's actually much, much easier to do the disruption. Uh, you don't have to convince people to, that there's a market. We're not inventing the recruiting space. Uh, not at all. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of recruiters. And it's a $130 billion market and various different elements there we could talk about. Uh, and what we're doing is shifting that spend over to our platform. So it's a, it's an interesting thing. On the show, we typically have people who are looking at, at their companies trying to figure out how to look at the exogenous factors that are going to disrupt them. You know, you're the fish on the other side. Like Bezos said, your margin is my opportunity and I'm going to come, you know, put put the pressure on you. So So what was the genesis in the recruiting and staffing industry that made you look at it and said, besides the fact that it's an enormous market, that said this one's ripe for disruption? What's incredible is that recruiting despite all of the technology, right? And whether it's ZipRecruiter or Indeed or LinkedIn and 10 years ago it was Monster.com and other companies like that. Despite that, the recruiting industry is very much of a human. Uh, there is a, a strong human interaction. There's a strong human element to recruiting. In fact, I heard a great podcast the other day, but you know, the top three most important decisions a person makes in their life is who they're going to choose as their their partner, their spouse, a home that they buy, and their career. And we all rely on people to help us throughout that process. Recruiting is a very, very, very human element there. And if you look at the actual recruiting flow, right, there's, you know, post a job, collect resumes, review resumes, uh, phone screen or screen the uh, the potential candidates, then interview them and then hire them. That process hasn't changed. The resume was created by Leonardo da Vinci. So that's how long ago it is. But that process hasn't changed. Now, instead of posting a job in the classified advertisement of the New York Times, which is how actually my wife got her job, her first job, instead we were posting them on ZipRecruiter and Indeed or posting them on niche job boards. And we'll have, instead of just collecting resumes, gee, I have a bot that will go out and find people for me, both active and passive. And I'll filter them. I'll use some tools to help filter them. And now instead of just screening them, I'll video them. But that process hasn't changed. That tells me that this is ripe for disruption. And one other thing, you know, the 80-20 rule has to apply to every market, right? There's always 80. And how do you spend 80% of your time and how do you spend 20% of your time? The reality is in the recruiting industry, recruiters who are valued individuals in the ecosystem spend probably 80% of their time finding the candidates and 20% of the time talking to both potential candidates and clients. That needs to change. And what needs to change is they should be spending 80% of their time engaging with candidates and having those conversations and helping shepherd that overall process and 20% of the time finding. And if we could, as a company, create a tool set and the tools that enable a recruiter to behave in that such a fashion where they could spend more time actually conducting the recruiting process, that's really going to drive great, great disruption. Obviously, as a hiring manager, somebody who's hired a lot of people over my career, the goal is to get the right people in the right seats doing the right things. What's the problem that you're really trying to solve? Is it really that recruiters don't have uh, the ability to find those right people because they're so involved in the chaff of just sorting through LinkedIn and indeed looking through the resumes? Or is it, is it something more fundamental? Yeah, I'll give you some crazy statistics. So the average hire in the U.S., the hiring manager will spend 42 days 
review 250 resumes and it'll cost to hire over $4,000, $4,129 in raw time. That's a crazy amount of time. Now, I'll give you another statistic. The voluntary churn in the U.S. in employment. So these are people leaving jobs, coming and going, leaving jobs voluntarily is between 22 and 27%. So that means if there are 150 million people employed in the U.S., and we're not talking about contractors or gig workers, we're talking about employed, that's 30 million people just moving around. 30 million people moving around. So, you know, when we reported last month, the job market added 379,000 jobs. What most people don't know is that over 5 million people were hired. It was a net new of 379,000. That's $20 billion spent, not on the people. You know, we have this argument on, we have to increase the minimum wage. Think how much money was spent hiring those people, over $4,000. So imagine if we could reduce the time, reduce the cost, because just this productivity time is just too damn expensive. And if we could eliminate half that cost or a third of that cost and put it back into the system, that's going to be incredibly transformative. Now, what's incredible today is what, what the pandemic has done is it's forced all these discussions to happen. You know, we're all acting remotely. And, and you and I have been reading about, gee, do companies allow people to work from home? I don't like it. We're going to try it maybe one day a week. That's gone. That whole discussion is out the door now. And again, I'm exaggerating, but to prove a point, right? The pandemic has expedited things that were going to happen on its own. So how do we now hire faster? Keep in mind, there are nine plus million people still unemployed in the US, right? Nine million, not over nine million people. If we could only hire 379,000 people a month, that's gonna take months, months, 20 plus months in order to hire these nine million people back. We don't have time to do that. We have to make that happen now. We have to be doing things today that expedite this hiring process. And that's really why we've really been talking a lot about video and the ability to use video to really expedite this overall process. So the market's super fractured, though. I mean, you, you live in a world with HRIS systems and applicant tracking systems and, you know, the LinkedIn's of the world trying to build their own, plus all the, the traditional recruiters have their own flavor and, and way to do it. Is this going to be a consolidating market? Is the disruption going to require a level of consolidation? Or will people continue to look for a, a level of best of breed? And it's just additive technology like video to, to shorten the path to success. I would say it's it's additive. You know, our target really is the thousands and thousands of small and independent recruiters. You know, so if you look at the overall recruiting ecosystem, you have the big players, the Corn Ferries, the Hydricks, you know, the very big folks. You have the uh, RPOs, the Cielos, the Hudsons. You have the do-it-yourselfers, the Zip Recruiters, the Indeeds, the LinkedIn's. And then you have recruiting technology, mostly privately held, a lot of Silicon Valley, you know, tech companies. And what's really powering are thousands and thousands and thousands of small and independent recruiters. That's really what we're doing. You know, if you look at what Fiverr and Upwork did uh, or a Compass is doing is they're aggregating together their segment under a common platform and giving them tools and technology uh, to help them do their business better, right? Upwork, and you know, they're like my hero. They're my North Star here. They aggregated together designers and content workers and coders and all these other things under a common platform and en enabled big companies, small companies, and anyone to access that incredible talent. Now, who did they disrupt? They didn't disrupt the small guy. They actually disrupted the, the Ogilvy's, the WPPs, you know, the big agencies, because that's the traditional agency businesses, but no one knew they were coming. 
right? Because at the end of the day here, Upwork is doing $300 million and, you know, or, or, or so of annual revenue. So no one really saw them coming because it was a giant industry, a giant, giant, giant industry. So you said at the beginning, it's a $130 billion industry. The on-demand side of that space, the RPO, recruitment process outsourcing space, is a little over $5 billion growing fastest. That's typically very, very large outfits. We are aggregating together smaller ones. We're enabling this gig economy of the recruiting industry. I'll give you another great statistic, Paul. 35% of all adults in the U.S. have a side gig. It's an incredible number. In fact, in millennials, it's 50%. So if what we need to be doing as an industry is how do we enable that to happen? Don't stop it from happening. How do we enable it to happen? You've hired people before. You'd make an incredible recruiter. Now, you have a job, right? You're an incredibly uh, successful individual, but you know what? Why not? And maybe it's not you, but it's someone like you. Let, let me be a recruiter at night. Let me spend five hours, you know, in the afternoons twice a week doing recruiting. That's what we're going to need. That's what we're enabling through our on-demand platform. Now, how do I make you a better recruiter, right? How do I make you a better recruiter? I'm going to give you tools that alone you would never have access to. We have AI search tools, AI matching tools, a video platform, curated talent pools. We have millions and millions of dollars invested in these incredible tools and we're making them available to our recruiters to work on behalf of our clients. I just, I can't help but think that I have a side gig too, but nobody will pay me to drive a 14-year-old back and forth to baseball all the time, unfortunately. But <laughs> but we both call our kids our, I, I'm, you know, they're my clients. Yeah, I don't call them my exactly, kids anymore. They're my clients. Keep track of the bill. Well, it's, you know, so it, it almost sounds like, and it, it makes me think immediately, you know, if I'm the CMO of a, of a technology company, you know, we use the the Upworks and the Fivers and things like that. And I, and I saw an experience where, you know, graphic talent used to cost $100 an hour, and now it costs $40 an hour. And, and so are you expecting that through this, this increase in supply, because you're going to have all these additional recruiters potentially, or the reducing the friction of having to, to source and present the right candidates to a client that you're going to see instead of 30% of the first year, it's going to go to 20 and then to 15 and then to 10 and then to 12? I mean, is that the natural byproduct of this? Yeah. So let's talk for a moment about the model, right? So the historical or traditional legacy model of hiring was certainly in the mid-market was, hey, I'm taking a percentage of the salary, right? Very much like a broker's model, right? Your typical broker. I sell something for X and I get a percentage of X. But if I asked you, how do you find the best talent in the fastest amount of time? You would say, all right, well, let's do the opposite. Help me recruit slower, right? What would be the slowest way to find somebody? Well, the slowest way to find somebody would be to find the wrong recruiter, right? No subject matter expertise, right? You're looking for a rocket scientist and you're hiring someone that knows, you know, manufacturing workers, you know, uh, factory workers, right? Complete opposite. So I find the wrong recruiter who has no contact database whatsoever, no engaged talent pool, no curated talent pool, no tools to source candidates, nothing. And I pay them on success. Right. So if you are looking for that rocket scientist and you hired that recruiter, the probability of that success would be next to nothing. Right. It would be as if they threw a dart, you know, a mile away and potentially it hit a board. They have no way of succeeding. So the opposite must be true. So the fastest way to hire talent would be to find the right recruiter, subject matter expertise, geography, et cetera. Right. You, I want a rocket scientist in Buffalo, New York, that's worked in, you know, three, at least three years in the automotive industry. doesn't matter. Right. Give me the right recruiter with an, an existing, engaged, ready to go uh, curated talent pool. So 
LinkedIn has done a great job identifying who people are. We don't, we don't care about identifying people. We want to know who's engaged, who's ready, to, who's ready to make a move, who's ready to look at an opportunity, who's up and coming. And then finally, maybe it's not paying them on success only, right? We don't pay our attorneys on success. Again, you know, if we're looking at litigation, et cetera, right? We don't go to our doctor and go, hey, do me a favor, operate on me. And if I like how it comes out, I'm going to pay you, right? We don't do those things. And instead, we're, we're paying someone only on success. I don't know if I want that. I want to have a recruiter that pays that I'm paying on a, on a regular basis. So I, I think we're going to start to see a shift to really being, hey, a curated talent pool and the right recruiter working on that curated talent pool. Now, again, I, th I think there'll always be the executive level searches where there may be retained searches, et cetera, and someone's paying on, on a, you know, on a, as a percentage of the overall salary. But, but here's another trend that's actually happening, Paul. You know, the ability we talked, I talked before about the man, uh, the voluntary churn inside of uh, corporate America, right? I think you're going to see that number increase as a result of the pandemic and remote working. And here's why, you know, it used to be, that for someone to go interview, they'd have to bring a suit to the office, right? Or, you know, fancy clothes, fancier clothes. They'd make up a line. I'm going to a funeral, right? There's always a funeral that everyone had to go to. I'm leaving early. I got to go to a funeral. And now I'm playing cloak and dagger. Every time I get a phone call from the recruiter, I got to walk out of the office. Oh, it's my mother calling. I got to go talk to her. It's a huge ordeal. I'm taking off time. I, all these other things that have to happen to go interview. To interview today, you take 15 minutes and you're on a Zoom and you're done and you've interviewed. That's incredible. It really amazing. How many opportunities, Paul, did you not look at because they were geographically undesirable? They wanted you to move. You're not going to move. You like where you are. That's all those walls. Oh, many of those walls are breaking down now. So the opportunity for an individual to have to interview without any, you know, any uh, rigmarole or fanfare, much, much easier today. And the opportunity to have this real big movement across different opportunities and different challenges. And you're seeing millennials who are changing jobs even faster. You know, we would all talk about our parents or our grandparents who had one job their entire career. If you, if you looked at someone who worked at the same company for 20 years, you'd say, gee, they haven't learned anything. They've only been working at the same company for 20 years. Right? Meanwhile, you and I grew up in a world where that was normal. I think that is a, it's a feature of what you're, you're having to look at in a couple of different ways, which is the consumer behavior changes, right? Because you know, in our generation, if you weren't, weren't at a company for five years, people wanted to know why you were a job hopper, right? And now you know, you're routinely hiring people who, I mean, I'm sure your, your younger folks and mine are the same way. You know, you, you've had three jobs in three years and, you know, that's just how it works. But you, you said a couple of things as you were going down the vertical path and the, you know, the, our, our candidate in Buffalo. Do you believe that at some point in time, because now we'll have so much more insight and tracking around skills and, and data and successes, and you apply that to the AI and the machine learning, how much are we going to see people start to move between functions and industries because there's so much applicable capability? You know, the expression, give it the old college try is going to be replaced, right? Big picture. We're moving and shifting into a skills-based world. And you're going to see people that say, gee, in my next role, not my last role, my next role, uh, I want to get this skill. Here are the skills I need to have. And by the way, what might happen is I want to get recruited by McKinsey. Let's just use that name. The recruiter who works for McKinsey or the scout that works for McKinsey or the platform that I'm trying to get recruited at is going to say, hey, we think you're fantastic, but you're missing the, these two skills. Go get these skills and then we could talk. And I think that's going to become far and far more prevalent uh, in the overall candidate journey. So getting back, I actually think that 
if candidates are moving around faster, right, talent's moving around faster, companies are going to churn their employees faster. Why would a company say, you know what, I want to pay 20, 25% of the salary to an employee that's only going to last a year to, to a year and a half? Instead, what I really want to say is, hey, Mr. Recruiter, I need a constant stream of fantastic salespeople. That's really what I need. And I will pay you to give me a constant stream of unbelievable, highly curated, highly skilled, exactly what I'm looking for, salespeople. And don't get me wrong, I think there'll still be the needle in a haystack and one off here and one off there, but you're really looking at high growth companies saying, you know what, I always need talented people. You give me a flow of highly talented people on a regular basis. And I think there's going to be a real movement towards that and, and really having these you know, curated, engaged, ready-to-go tools. Yeah. It's it's interesting because the on-demand concept has been prevalent in the VC and the, and the high growth world for a long time. You think that at this point in time, once the once the capabilities are more readily available, that big companies are going to say, I don't really need internal recruiters anymore. The right way to do this is to go pay X dollars a month for, for X positions or whatever the case may be. So let's go back to the pandemic. And companies woke up and said, gee, we're not going to hire anybody for the next six months until we figure out what's going on in the world. So who they get rid of first? They probably decimated their recruiting department. Right, we're not hiring anybody. Let's go 50% layoff of our recruiting department. So that now they wake up a year later or whenever the time is, and gee, we have to hire a lot more people. Right, we're rehiring, we're regrowing, we're rehiring. Well, your typical recruiter can only do about three to four positions a month. That's typical, that's the average. So am I gonna now double my recruiting department, triple my recruiting department just to staff up for the next six to eight months? Or do I want to bring in a third party to actually make that happen? And that's really the on-demand recruiting space. So you're looking at a trend of gig workers, uh, a huge giant rehiring that needs to take place, the great rehire, as we like to call it. And by the way, two opposite things happening today, right? You look at talented workers and that unemployment is down to six and a half percent. So we're oh, we're back at the pre-pandemic levels. So in the highly skilled market, it's again difficult to find the highly, highly skilled people. Meanwhile, there's nine and a half million people that 17 and a half percent unemployment in high school grads and below. So those volume jobs, the factories, the hospitality workers, the travel, there are millions of people that need to get rehired there once the economy opens up. And who are you going to turn to to do that? You're going to turn to recruiters to make that happen. Given that you are right on the cusp of, of the demand curve, how is the market going to handle the post-COVID hiring demand, the great, the great resurgence we're about to have? You know, we're seeing an increase in our own business. We're seeing other recruiters uh, obviously bouncing back very nicely over the last couple of months and really getting ready. And we think part of the other trend that we're seeing is really one of inclusion, that companies now diversity and inclusion. Gee, I have to rehire a hundred, a thousand people, but I want to hire those thousand people the right way. I don't want to hire the same people. I want to hire a more inclusive group, a more diverse group. I want to have 50% of them are full-time, 50% of be gig workers. I want folks working remote. I want folks working in person, et cetera. And so it's not going to be the same number of people. And by the way, the thousand people that got laid off a year ago, not all of them want to come back. 50% of them are now doing gigs in other places or working remotely for other for other environments. So it's a real opportunity to rebuild your workforce in a much, much better fashion. And what we started to do not too long ago was we really rolled out about uh, 60 days ago our, our video platform under a banner of Recruit Me. And what we really see happening 
is that, you know, you look at the dating world, right? And it used to be that you filled out a form and 60 different points, 100 different elements, and it would mix and match and look at the DNA and all the other things that would happen in order to, uh, you know, to find your match. And the tenderization of dating was, hey, let's look at a video or a picture and then all this. And obviously filtered, right? I'm looking at location. I'm looking at age and different, very high level qualifications. And then I'm seeing a video, I'm seeing a person, and then I'm moving on from there. With the consumerization of video and everyone's making a video and TikToks and everything else, you know, if you were going to hire a comedian for your corporate event, you wouldn't read their profile, right? Give me their 30 seconds of their pitch. Oh, wow. That person looks really funny. Let me look at their profile. We've shifted that model. Everything is a video now. And yet the resume goes back to Leonardo da Vinci. So why are we looking at it that way? So the reality is that flow that we talked about before at the beginning of the call, right? The post a job, uh, submit a resume, review the resume, screen the individual, interview the individual. Why don't we take out that beginning part and replace all of that with a video? Why don't we do that? Why don't we take this opportunity to say, hey, look, show me all the people that are you know, blockchain programmers in Buffalo, New York. And maybe it's not for programmers. Maybe it's just customer facing people to start with. And I think the opportunity, both from the candidate side and from the company side, we use our video platform now and it's incredible. We're seeing a five times improved throughput in terms of the ability there. So in other words, you've done hiring before, Paul. If I sent you 50 resumes, oh boy, I got to look at 50 resumes. What am I going to listen to a phone screen? But if I sent you 50 two minute videos, you're going to plow through those videos. Boom, boom, boom. And you know what? You're going to say, this one I want to meet, this one I want to meet, this one I want to meet, this one I want to meet. Because a video tells so much more about a person than what they look like on paper. Wow, that person is so articulate. That's exact. Look at the energy behind that person. You don't see that in a resume. We need to be more than what's, what's on a piece of paper. And that's what, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. Imagine what a video is. And if we're able to do that, we could really change this hiring process. And today, I'm not trying to change it to be, just to benefit Recruiter.com. I'm talking about this from an, an industry-wide change to expedite the hiring process. We can't be spending $4,129 to hire candidates. We can't be spending 42 days to hire candidates. We can't be looking at 250 resumes because you know what? That number is going to be 2,500 resumes with the number of people that need to be rehired. We need to change that process. And we're going to do that today. It sounds like you're on the right path. I like to think so. Uh, we, we've been signing up customers uh, throughout the overall process. Recruiters like what we're doing. You know, we run the largest community of recruiters. We have over 850,000 uh, recruiting and HR professionals in our ecosystem. We have 28,000 on our platform. Uh, but more importantly, you know, every week, what excites me the most is the number of people that were getting jobs. So I appreciate the time. What I, I typically end with uh, with a question that knocks people back just a little bit, which is, you know, long day, you're on your way back to wherever you're going or you're on your way to the gym. What do you typically like to listen to? My kids will make fun of me, but I, I'm incredibly eclectic. I love like a good, good Stevie Wonder, Motown, Earth, Wind and Fire, George Clinton and the Psychedelic Funk. But I'll also have, I have a Nashville playlist. Um, so good old country also. So really is across the board in terms of what I listen to. Incredibly, incredibly eclectic other than opera. It's always good. Well, I will look forward to seeing you on CNBC soon, I'm sure. Evan, thanks for the time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much, Paul. And good luck to you. I pulled five key insights from my conversation with Evan. First, to disrupt recruiting, you don't need to reinvent the space. You need to shift the existing spend. Regardless of technology, recruiting requires on people to answer fundamental questions. 
Who's the best person for the job? Who's the best partner? Yet recruiters are focusing all their time on finding candidates rather than choosing them. Second, huge sums of money are being spent on the hiring process. Transformation in many areas will be unlocked when companies can redirect this spend while getting the right people faster. Third, the gig economy is a key part of modern society and additive recruiting technology can make these jobs more accessible. Right now, 50% of millennials have a side gig. Why not make that recruiting? With a vast variety of recruiters and recruiting sites, it's possible to enable the gig economy by empowering new recruiters and their networks to join the process. Fourth, a huge culture shift has occurred in employee churn. Millennials change jobs faster than any previous generation. As churn increases, the traditional model for recruiting no longer works. Companies don't want to pay a portion of an employee's salary when they're more likely to leave. Instead, they want to pay for a steady stream of qualified candidates. And fifth, so what does the new model of recruitment look like? Curated talent pools. It puts the right people in place without having to do contingency or retain searches each time. Thank you for listening to Transform It Forward. Transform It Forward is brought to you by Axway. For over 20 years, Axway Solutions have enabled companies to open everything, better harness their data and process, and use them in new ways to delight their customers. If you like this episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on Apple Podcasts.